We're so glad that you found this Peak City message today. Our prayer is that during our time together, you're able to discover Jesus and are encouraged to follow him fearlessly. If you're new, welcome to the family. We know it takes a, a ton of courage to come here for the first time. If you're watching with us online, thank you for joining us, man. It takes a, a ton of courage to be here. Church, can we celebrate that honor of those first timers and what they've done today? It's beautiful. And so if you're new, this is just what we do. We take a passage of scripture and we unpack it and we see what God has to say through it. And, and oftentimes we stay standing for it just to re recognize the reality that these words we're gonna read have been transforming lives for 2,000 years now. So let me read it to you. Ephesians chapter 5. We're getting down and dirty and controversial today. Ephesians chapter 5. It says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and died, gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church for we are members of his body. For this reason, it says, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you must also love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Today, we are going to jump in to the most controversial, juicy word in the, in the Bible when it comes to marriage, and it is the word submit. And I cannot wait to bring this one to you. So let us not delay. Turn around and meet some people. I want you to tell five people you love them. Say I love you to five people right now, man. Take five. Let's go. Let's go. Come on, man. didn't do it. Some of y'all, it's weird for you to say I love you to somebody. And that's why you need counseling. Um, a lot of work going on behind me right now. It's going to get fun today. It's going to get a lot of fun today. I'm telling you, just buckle up, man. It's going to be a powerful, powerful day. A um, couple of housekeeping announcements. Um, Two Sundays from now is Baptism Sunday, January 29th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't know, we have a big old party every Baptism Sunday. Baptism is the public declaration of a private decision you've made to start following Jesus, and we celebrate it. So if you've recently made that decision and you're ready to take the step, or maybe you've been following Jesus for a long time, you've just never been baptized, um, we would love to help you take that step. So you can sign up for that on our website and then be here in two weeks for a big old party. And then the following Sunday, February 5th, is the first Sunday of culture class. All right, If, you, if you're new around here, last week we had a lot of first-timers that were asking, what do I do to get connected? Culture class is your best next step. It's a three-week class that happens during the 9 a.m. service, helps you get to know our church, ask questions, and meet other people they are starting to call Peak City home. So I uh, would love for you to check out Culture Class. It is the best next step for you, all right? Now, 
Last week um, was a very, very important day in the life of our church, not only with all the people attending, and we, we grew a ton last week, which was amazing. What that tells me is that everyone is trying to figure out how to build a better marriage, right? Because that's what we're trying to do. The whole series, we're around this commitment that this year I will build a better marriage. And last week we started by saying that if you realistically just look at marriage, dating, relationships, sexuality in America, the way our culture is teaching us to do it is not working. The way our culture is teaching us to approach relationships and marriage and all of it, it's actually hurting us, and we have the stats to prove it. If you missed that message, you can find it online. We, we, we have the, the data that proves it. We also have the data that proves that there is one way of doing marriage, dating, relationships, and sexuality that is working, that's leading us to happiness and wholeness and, and, and health, but it is an ancient path. It's the ancient way that God has been telling us to approach marriage for thousands of years. And so for the next two weeks, this week and next week, I want to um, uh, kind of unpack for you the two primary teachings of the New Testament, the earliest followers of Jesus who spent direct time with Jesus, the earliest followers of Jesus, how they built better, strong, unstoppable marriages, the two primary passages we have on that in the New Testament. And today we get to this one and I, we have to start here. Because it is uh, what I believe the most important key to building a better marriage. And, uh, but I know, I know, I know, I know that when I read that verse, I know when I got through that verse, I know there was one verse I read in there that as soon as I read it, some of y'all took a big deep breath and you've been holding your breath ever since. And you're like, I came to church on the wrong day. When, when I read verse 20, uh, yeah, verse 20, wives submit to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. Some of y'all went, I know because I talked to people in between services who said that the minute I read that passage, they thought about leaving. Um, that verse, that word, submit, is a trigger word. And for good reason. Right? For good reason. Um, and you see, the, the reason I know it's a trigger word is that it's not my first rodeo. I've been, I've been, I've been a pastor for 15 years. I've done a lot of wedding ceremonies. I've counseled a lot of people in marriage. And, and, and I, I know this triggers people because I've kind of used it in my back pocket as a funny little joke in all of my, all of my marriage sermons, right? When someone asks me to do their wedding, a um, little preacher hack for you. Most preachers have one wedding sermon, and then they have a little button in Microsoft Word called Find and Replace. And you find the name, and you replace the name. But my wedding sermon always says the same thing. I always say, man, we're praying that your marriage will be strong. We're praying that God will build a, a, a great marriage between you. But it starts with this. Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands. And as soon as I say that, the bride looks at me with fire in her eyes. Like, there's this one couple, I'll never forget, I did their wedding. They were very, very new to church, and their whole family, none of them were church people. And, and she didn't want to know what I was preaching on. She's like, just give us your marriage sermon, it's all good. I show up and I say, it starts with this, wives submit to your husbands. She looked at me like, I will murder you, preacher boy. What are you doing? Like, Bridezilla was coming out in full force. But I always use it because um, it's so amazing that our culture has such a horrible view of this word when actually when you dig into it, it's actually one of the most life-giving key principles to building a better marriage. But it's been hijacked. Okay? That word will trigger us. And, and like I said, for good reason. Because less real talk. For decades and a couple centuries now, we can go back and look. There have been examples of men who called themselves Christians, who said they were followers of Jesus, 
And they have used this verse and they have weaponized it to have women in their life sit down, shut up, and obey. It's been weaponized. Um, let me give you real talk context on this. Um, I um, recently met with someone who told me that they were nervous about this sermon because their um, dad abused their mom and used this word as the justification. That stuff's been happening for decades now. This verse has been weaponized against women. And so here's the deal. We see that in the church. And, and you need to understand, it is not like wholesale all Christian marriages were doing this. There is a minority of men who were off their rocker, who were not actually following Jesus, who were weaponizing this. And then you combine that with culturally over the past 50, 60 years, we've got the women's lib, women's empowerment movement. And thank God for the ways that we have dignified and given a voice and a platform to women in our culture. We have actually grown when you, can, when you see where we were 100 years ago. But when you see what happened in the church with this word submit, and that was supposedly Christian marriage, and then what happened in the culture, it's no wonder that now everyone's like, I'm going to stay as far away from that verse as I can. <laughs> right? If you're a man, if you're a follower of Jesus in this room and you're a man, you better stay as far away from that passage as you possibly can. Unless you're an idiot. Come on, man. If you're, if you're a, a Christian man and you're like, hey, what, babe, let's study a verse together. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 5. Like, do you ever want... To have sex again? Do you ever want to have romance again? And if you're a wife and you're a follower of Jesus, you want to stay as far away from this verse as possible because it's embarrassing. Most Christian women read this and they don't even know what to do with it. It's just like, oh, let's just skim past that because that's bad. That's bad. That's a bad look, right? Most of us stay as far away from this as we can. And let me tell you, that is exactly where the devil wants you. The devil wants you as far away from this passage as possible. The devil wants you to never understand what it really means because he knows if you ever come into the knowledge of what this passage and this concept really means, he knows that you have unlocked the key to building a better marriage. His life is easier if you just stay away from that Knowledge, like like my wife and I when we had our first kid, um, Emmett. You know, this typical with firstborns, um, but like my boy didn't want to walk because he loved being picked up and carried everywhere, right? And so my boy, uh, up until the age of two, he was like on his butt just scooting everywhere. <laughs> and like what he didn't know is like his legs were strong enough to he could get him walk, but he didn't know it. And Brittany and I didn't want to tell him. Because life was a lot easier. We can keep up with a kid scooting on his butt. The minute he knows he can walk and run, it's over. Right? It's over. So the minute you come into an understanding of what the word submit really means and what this passage really means, for the devil trying to tear down your marriage, it's over. It's over. And that's our great task today is to fight through the cultural baggage and to fight through the errors of interpretation and to fight through decades and centuries of a, of a misuse of this passage and actually allow God to do with it what I believe he wants to do in many marriages in the room today. You guys ready? Okay. Okay. God, will you please use this in a powerful way today? Some of y'all just need right now to just close your eyes for a moment and open your heart to God and, to, and give me 10 minutes of trust. Give me 10 minutes of trust to walk you through this passage. Jesus, would you speak through me? 
Amen. <clears throat> three errors we have made. I want to walk you through all three. Three errors we have made with this word. Okay, three issues, three mistakes that we've made. The first one comes out in our very first verse. We go back to the very top, verse 21. It says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. The very first mistake we made with this word and this concept is that we got the audience wrong. We got the audience wrong. See, everyone starts with, with, with verse 22, wives, submit yourselves to your husbands. But that's actually not where Paul starts. You got to back up a verse. Because before he says, wives, submit to your husbands, he actually says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. How many of y'all are old enough to where you actually spent some like considerable, not just like a family outing once, like you actually spent time at a skating rink when you were younger? All right, some of y'all were there. You know, okay, okay. So you know what I'm talking about. Like at, at, at the skating rink, sometimes they, they, they come on the microphone and say, this next one is just for the couples. A couple's only on the floor, right? And if you didn't have your man or your girl with you, you had to take that long, lonely walk to the arcade. <laughs> and then they come back on and say, all right, everybody back out. There's an all skate, right? Submit is an all skate. We looked at it and went, wives, submit to your husbands. Paul says, whoa, 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 hold up, hold up, hold up. Before I even said that, he said, submit to one another. That don't sound like just wives submitting to husbands. That sounds like kids submitting to parents, parents submitting to kids, wives submitting to husbands, husbands submitting to wives, coworkers submitting to bosses, bosses. It says submit to one another. And he says, and then let me break it down for you. Wives submit to your husband. He, he says, first and foremost, submit to one another. It's everybody. Now, I know what some of y'all are thinking. If you've been in the church for a while, you're like, whoa, 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 hold up. I thought there was like a God-ordained order of like who leads and who's responsible to lead and all that. Yeah, yeah, there is. Like husbands, you are still called by God to lead your family, to lead your marriage, and to lead your kids. But just because you called to lead don't mean you ain't also called to submit. Some of y'all ain't going to like this one. But it's true, it's true. See, men have taken this verse and been like, all right, I'm in charge. Whatever I say goes. Submit. But that's not how Jesus ever drew the play up to work. That's not how any of these plays work. Come on, I'm, I'm the lead pastor of this church. I'm the leader. Comma, and I submit to my elders. There is a board of men who are tasked with keeping me accountable and providing guidance, and, and I, I both lead and I submit. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus was the greatest leader in, in spiritual movement history. You, you look at any spiritual movement, it's Jesus alone at the top of the list. And Jesus led, led, led. And what did he do? He submitted to his Father's plans. We use submit and aimed it at women. When Paul says, back up, everyone is submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. We got the audience wrong. First, first thing we got wrong. We got the audience wrong. Second thing we got wrong. Next verse. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. Now, this, on this one, keep that verse on the screen for me for just a second. On this one, see, first we got the audience wrong. Second, I want you to see, and I need my grammar police to be empowered right now to send me an email if I get this wrong. Because I did a lot of grammar research. You know, like, I got my undergrad, I got my master's, all that stuff. But, like, you forget fourth grade parts of speech. 
It's complicated, man. That's like the most complicated rocket science stuff in the world. I believe I got this right. We didn't get, we just get the audience wrong. We got the agent wrong. We got the person who's supposed to be doing the submitting wrong. You see, it says, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. We've read it as wives, submit to your husbands. Which, what does that sound like? That sounds like a man looking at a woman saying, submit, submit to him. And it's something that is forced upon you when actually Paul says, submit yourselves. Submit was never meant to be something that is forced upon you. It was always meant to be a voluntary action of your spirit. You were never meant to be forced by someone else to submit. You were always meant to make the decision in and of your own will. Submit yourself. You, nobody can make you do this. That's where so many, so much of this conversation has gotten out of hand because we look at it as someone else forcing someone else. No, no, no. Jesus, Jesus wants us to choose it. Submit yourself. No one can make you do it. Right? Like one of my, one of my New Year's resolutions, I'm trying to, trying to in, improve my fitness. Right? I'm trying to live a longer time. And I've got a family history of people not living a long time. And so I'm trying to do different things to improve my health. One of the things I'm getting into is the thing that's sweeping the country, the nationwide phenomenon of ice baths and cold plunging. All right, how many of y'all ever done an ice bath? By show of hands, there's like five of you. I knew, I, I knew Matt, I'm telling you, I, could, I knew it. I can spot the cold plungers a mile away. There's a, there's a certain screw loose in their head. And um, so my, my commitment has been every other day, I'm going to do an ice bath. I'm going to do a cold plunge. So I've been doing it. I'm seven, seven in. Tomorrow will be my eighth of the year. And, and what I'm learning is it never gets easier. Right? It's not like, it's not like lifting weights. Like when you lift weights, it's like you get bigger muscles and the weight gets lighter. You can lift it easier. It's like, no, every time you get into 38 degree water, it just sucks. It's awful, right? And the worst part of it is just the first step in. And no one can make you do that. Right? My, my wife, she cannot force me in. My kids have tried. They'll see me getting ready to do the cold plunge. And they're like, Dad, just get in. What's your problem? I'm like, shut up. Give me some space. You're not going to make me do this. And then you just got to, oh, and it's painful every time. But no one can force it. It's a voluntary. You have to step in. Paul's trying to get you to see that submit, submit. It, not only is it not just wives, it's everyone, but no one can force you to do this. This is where so many marriages have gotten it wrong. No one can force you to do it. It was always meant to be a voluntary action of your spirit. Submit yourselves to your husbands as you do to the Lord. We got the audience wrong. We got the agent wrong. But the biggest thing we got wrong, the third final mistake we got wrong, we didn't even get the definition right. We didn't get the definition right. When I say submit, some of y'all here obey. That's just what the cultural meaning is. Submit, you obey. No, 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 hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Because the word that Paul uses here in Ephesians, when you go back to the original Greek, the actual language he wrote it in, the word for submit is the word hupatoso. Everybody say hupatoso. Say it louder, hupatoso. Hupatoso does not mean obey. Hupatoso means to put under. To put under. Now, <clears throat> what we're saying, the key to building a better marriage is to put yourself under your spouse. And we ain't going to make any jokes about who's on top and who's on bottom. <laughs> I ain't going to do that today. <laughs> I couldn't help it. It was too, too easy. Get your mind out 
the gutter, people. I knew you would go there. I'm going to rescue from it. Lord, forgive this church. <laughs> I need a young priest and an old priest. Um, Hupatosa means to put under. And what God was revealing to me as I was working through this passage, what he's convicting me of is that in order to put under, there's a prereq. There's something you must do in order to put under. If the call is to Hupatoso to put yourself under someone, then you must do something before you can put under. You see, I got a, um, my office at home. I got a home office. It's like my sermon writing cave. Okay. It's not a very big office, but it's, it's a little, little spot that I write all my sermons from. And I've got this one leather chair. It's like my favorite leather chair. When I saw it on Facebook marketplace, I thought that is like a Al Pacino in Scarface kind of chair. And I was like, that's, that's where I want to write my sermons from. I want to embrace my inner Scarface minus the drugs. And, and I got it, it's great, but I realized, like, uh, uh, any of the people in here, you feel like you have to rearrange furniture in rooms, like, every three to six months? Yeah, yeah. I was like, I, the vibe's not right in here, I gotta change it. So I wanna move my chair from this corner to this corner, right? And so, but the problem is I've got this big rug in there, that, this rug that really ties the room together, and so I gotta move the chair from here to here, and, 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 and but, but what I gotta do is I need to hoop a toso that rug, right? I need to put it under this chair. Now, what does it require of me if I'm gonna hoop a toso this rug? I have to lift up the chair. I cannot hoop a toso that rug without lifting up this chair. See, what I feel like God is trying to get you to see is that our culture has seen the word submit as a negative consequence based on your gender. But really, the word submit was always meant to be a positive action that actually strengthens a relationship. Because in order to put under, you must lift up. This is the key to building a better marriage. If you want to build a better marriage, you must commit yourself to lifting up your spouse. Take, take that concept, right? You cannot put under without lifting up, right? It is, there's no way you can do it. You must lift up. So let's just exchange it for a second, right? The word submit is culturally hijacked. We read it and we think obey. We read it and we think abuse. We read it and we, we, we don't even think about what Paul's talking about. Let's replace it for a second. Okay, let's, re let's replace submit with lift up. All right, I'm about to read you the PPV, the PD paraphrase version of Ephesians 5. It says, lift up one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, lift up your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church lifts up Christ... So also wives should lift up their husbands and everything. And husbands, lift up and love your wives just as Christ lifted up and loved the church and gave himself up for her and died for her. Do you see how different the passage reads? If our culture would read this, they go, man, that sounds like good marriage advice. If you are going to hupatoso, you must lift up. You must lift up. You must lift up your spouse. You must commit yourself to doing everything you can to lift them up, lift them up, lift them up. But here's the truth. Here's the truth. <clears throat> Lifting them up, encouraging, affirming, inspiring, loving, lifting up your spouse, putting yourself under them so that you can lift them up. It goes against our sinful human nature in every relationship. We ain't wired to do this. And to prove that, to show you what I mean, I wanna bring a couple volunteers on stage. All right, I got some guys that are gonna help me. Um, they are strong dudes in our church. Can we get Jacob and Johnny? Brother, can you get up for Jacob and Johnny? 
come on. Come on. <laughs> oh, this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. So I, I asked these guys to help me with um, this because they're strong dudes. I also told them I totally set them up in their marriage for a lovely evening because their wives are watching their men work out in front of the church. We talk about building healthier marriages. That's like the, I can't alley-oop you any more than that, bro. Like, have a lovely evening together. Um, but these guys, I, I love both these guys uh, individually. You know, Jacob and his wife, Heather, uh, just got baptized at Peak City over the past few months, which is amazing. And... Um, about to welcome their first child into the world, so we're pumped for them in that. Johnny and his wife Emily got beautiful kids, and they've been building Peak City for years now, and uh, they mean the world to me, so I, I love these guys dearly. But I want to show, yeah, we can celebrate them. Come on, that's good. I want to show you um, our tendency, and I want to burn this into your brain, all right? I burn, I, 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 that's why the big visual. I, I, I want you to never be able to unsee a pull-up and a bench press because I want you to see the tendency for us is to, in our relationships, is to do pull-ups. Now, what I mean by that is, Jacob, crank out just two pull-ups for us. And I want you to watch, where, where are your eyes drawn? Are your eyes drawn to the bar or to his biceps? The biceps, thank you, Taylor. <laughs> Taylor's like, Biceps. <laughs> Roll up your sleeves. Um, Taylor's, <laughs> Jacob's over here. You got me thrown off now. Jacob's doing pull-ups. Now, when you do a pull-up, nobody's watching the bar. Everybody's watching you, right? Can you get up above? Now, conversely, illustration, Johnny wants you to crank out. Let's get, let's get a little bit of weight on the bar. Can we get a couple, get, throw something on there. 25s, yeah. Let's go 25s. A little light, light for a man like Johnny. Now, when, when you do a bench press, I want you to notice where your eyes are drawn. Are your eyes drawn to Johnny, or are they drawn to the bar? It's the bar, right? You can't even see his biceps right now. He's got them, but you can't see them because you're watching to make sure you can get that bar up above every time. All right, that's good. Don't, don't wear yourself out. You're going to be up here for a while. I want you to see that the tendency in our relationships, and this is the breakdown of so many marriages, the breakdown of so many uh, dating relationships, is that we end up doing pull-ups more than we do bench press. More than we lift up, we lift ourselves up, right? So like the tendency is, and Jacob, this is where we're going to start cranking out, um, the tendency is to make it about what you want your future to look like, how you want to spend your money, you being right in every conversation, making sure that when you go out and do something fun, you get to decide who you hang out with and what you do for that night, right? It's, it's all about your happiness, your joy, your sexual desires, your um, vacation desires, your uh, standard of living. It's, it's all about you and you make it about you. All right, you can stop now. I want you to get burnt out. In, in, in a relationship, our selfishness feeds that. And so we do these pull-ups to, to, to make sure that we're cared for, to make sure that life ends up the way that we want it to. And here's the deal. Sometimes you do a pull-up, and it's actually justified. Right? It's like, let me, let me put myself in this illustration. I'll come home from work sometimes, long day at church, and I'll come home, and my wife is... I mean, it's like a, it's a zoo at our house because our kids are running around everywhere. My wife's in the middle of making dinner and, and like and, and things are crazy. Homework's happening. It's just crazy. And I've had a long day too. And what I want to do, what I really want to do when I get home is I really want to do a pull-up. I really want to just like pour a glass of bourbon and sit on the couch and do nothing and not engage with anybody. That's what I want to do because realistically, I've been dealing with some stuff. 
right? Like for instance, go ahead and start cracking up. I'm the one leading a growing church. I'm the one creating a new sermon every single week because one's never enough. I'm the one getting the angry emails from people after last week's sermon. I'm, I, like, I'm the one dealing with the counseling burden. I'm the one who's, who, who people are depending on for this. Like, it, 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 it's hard, right? It's hard. All right, you can stop now. I want you to get the burden out. I'm justified in that. I got a burden that I got to carry. And I, I need to be seen in that. Right? And so I'm going a, I'm to a pour my glass of bourbon and sit on the couch and watch Monday Night Football and be done with it. And let her deal with everything. You know? Now, I, I'm the one providing. I'm the one leading. See what I'm saying? Now, here's, here's the deal. Here's where marriages break down. One person starts doing pull-ups. And very soon after, the other one does the exact same thing. Because just like I can do pull-ups and I can say all these reasons that it should be about me, Brittany can do the exact same thing. Brittany gets up on that bar and all of a sudden she's like, are you willing to stay at home with the kids and take care of the kids? Are you willing to take care? No, no, okay, cool. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going I'm to take care of the kids. I'm going to put them down and I ain't going to say a word to you. I'm going to pour a glass of wine, watch whatever I want to watch. I'm going to badmouth you to my friends at girls' night. I'm going to send a text to my mom and a text to my sister. They'll never believe what Petey did tonight. And all of a sudden, you got two people that just desperately want to be seen and just desperately are, are trying to make sure that they're happy. It's, it's all about them, pull up after pull up. And, and, and what ends up happening is our marriages that are supposed to be two people who are in love and building a legacy together end up being two people who are barely roommates and co-parenting because it's all about you and both sides are doing it. And this is why your marriage is probably not in a good place right now. Somebody's doing pull-ups. Somebody's cranking them out. Somebody's bringing all the attention. And I, Paul, what Paul's telling you is if you want to build a better marriage, you got to hoopatoso. you got to put yourself under the bar. And you need to begin lifting up your spouse. You want to build a better marriage, you got to hoopatoso. Right? And so, John, I want you to go ahead and get, get back under that bar for a second. We won't add any weights to him just yet. But instead of making it about you and doing a pull-up, what you ought to do is you ought to encourage them in the work that they do. You can go ahead and start lifting, Johnny. Encourage them in the work that they do, no matter how much it earns. Speak life over them at dinner in front of your kids and tell your kids how amazing your spouse is. Let your spouse decide what you're going to do together in the evening and then do it with joy and not complaining, right? Learn their love language and give them that love language. Instead of arguing your point, put yourself in their shoes and prove them right. Right? Give them sex or don't ask for sex depending on what you know they need. Let them drive the nicer car. Let them spend the Christmas bonus. C celebrate their accomplishments. Here's one. When you succeed, point to why you couldn't have done it without them. Lift them up. When, when you're being celebrated, lift them up. Right? Uh, 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 take on a household chore that they've always done. Don't hold their mistakes against them. Put your marriage ahead of every other relationship out there, even if it ticks off your in-laws. All right, you're good, Johnny. Take a break. You got to hoopatoso. You want to build a better marriage, you got to put yourself under, and you got to lift them up. Both spouses coming together and saying, this is not about me. I'm going to do whatever it takes to lift them up. Now, here's what I know some of you are thinking right now. I know it. Some of you are thinking, man, that'd be, that'd be awesome. That'd be easy if they were honorable. 
That'd be awesome if there was something about them that I could encourage right now. But come on, you know this. You've been married long enough. You know everyone goes through seasons where there's actually not that much to actively encourage. It's actually not easy to honor them. It's not easy to lift them up. It's, 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 it's not easy to point out the best of them because you're actually seeing the worst in them, right? The truth is the bar gets heavier at times. Can we load some more weight on there? I'll help you with it. Why not? I should get in a little bit of a workout, Johnny. There are times in life that the bar gets heavier. And, and so, like, for instance, don't start lifting yet. For me, when I was at my worst, 13 years ago, I nearly threw away my ministry, threw away my marriage, threw away my life. I, I was in my first battle of depression. I'd been fired from a job as a pastor. I didn't know which way was up. And I was doing things and saying things that were just not me. And I know in that season that the bar was heavier for my wife. And I know that she was probably tempted to come back up and start cranking out some pull-ups, right? I know she's tempted to come back and go, when he gets his act together, when the, when the load gets lighter, I'll come back to lifting him up. But until then, I'm going to make it about me, right? Instead, what I saw her do is I saw her just continuously hupatoso herself put herself under, and whatever it took, every ounce of strength she had, she was encouraging me. You can go ahead and get started. She was saying things like, Petey, I know you're better than this. Petey, I know the man that I married, and this ain't it, but I know the man I married is still down there deep inside your heart. Petey, Jesus is not done with you. I see him working in your life, and so I'm not done with you. I'm going to keep loving you. I'm going to keep encouraging you. I see you as being better than this in the future. You're going to be the dad that our kids need one day. You're going to be the husband that I know that I deserve one day. I see it in you. I'm going to encourage you till you get there. All right, you can put it back up, Johnny. Now, take a step further. <clears throat> Sometimes things happen and the bar gets so heavy that you can't even do it on your own. Let's go ahead and load the bar with the last part. Sometimes your spouse says something to you or does something to you that is such a deep wound in your heart. It's such a deep wound to your friendship. It's such a deep wound to your family. The bar is too heavy for you to lift. When I was at my worst, there is no way that she could have handled that on her own. I know it. But what did I see her do? Instead of abandoning ship and going, there's no way lifting him up. There's no way. I'm going to go back to I'm going to live my life. When you're not sure if you can bench, what do you got to call on? Spotter. So I saw my wife first. There's a spotter. Johnny, Jacob's going to help you. I saw her reaching out to my friend and saying, can you send PD a text message and encourage him today? I saw her reaching out to my in my life saying, hey, can you meet with people try to pray with him? I started reaching out to old mentors and saying, hey, I've been a long time since you've seen Petey, but can you get him out of this help? And, and, and committed herself that no matter what, she was going to hoop a toe, so she was going to lift me up. And I'm here today if it wasn't for what she did. All right, guys, you're done. Can we get up for our volunteer? Good workout in today. Both sir.
you got to lift them up. You want to build a marriage? Both spouses and agree we will hupatosa. We will put ourselves under in order that we may See, the key to building a better marriage is and selflessly lifting up your spouse. Consistently and selflessly, no matter how hard it gets, no matter how bad the hell is that you're walking through, you will find somehow, some way to encourage them, somehow, some way to speak life into them, somehow, some way to call out things in them that they don't even see in themselves yet. No matter what, you will commit yourself to hupatoso, to submit, to lift them up. Lift them up. Now, you could take this and you have my guarantee, I got 2,000 years worth of history when it comes to this verse being applied to marriages and it working. This will work. If you don't believe in Jesus yet, if you're not here because you're about God, you just want to know how to have a better marriage, that's great. You could literally take this and steal it and run. And, and walk out these doors and never give God another chance. And I promise you, you would find that it builds your marriage. It works. If you both commit to Hupatoso, you will have a more loving relationship, a more forgiving relationship. You'll have a better sex life. You'll have more joy and more fun. It's going to work. I promise you, it works. But now, I want you to understand why it works. Okay? It works. I promise you. Go try it and, and you can thank me in three months. I'm going to save you hundreds and thousands of dollars in counseling. Do this, and love covers a multitude of sins. Right? You lift one another up. Love, love's going to cover so many. I'm not saying you you ain't got issues to work through, but man, you just lift each other up, it's going to work. But you know, there's a reason that it works. There's a reason. I want to go back to our our passage. I'm going to read it to you one more time, but I want you to notice what's underlined at this point. I want you to notice the emphasis. What, when you actually get the word submit right in your mind and you don't get triggered by it and you don't let the culture decide what it is and you don't let the, the awful history in the church even, of what the, when we get back to the original meaning, then you can actually see what Paul's really emphasizing here. Lift up one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, lift up your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband's the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the savior. Now as the church lifts up Christ, so also wives should lift up their husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for it. Do you see the repetition? To make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and they care for their body. Here it is. Just as Christ does the church, for we are members of his body. You see, it works. If you will hupatoso, if you will honor, if you will lift up, if you will put yourself under and say, no matter what, I'm going to lift them up. It will work, but you need to know why it works. It works because you are mirroring and reflecting a love that has built the strongest relationship that the world has ever seen, the relationship between God and his people. When you lift up your spouse and your spouse lifts up you, it's a, it's a shadow, it's a, it's, a, it's a reflection 
of this thing that has built the most powerful spiritual movement in history, the relationship between God and his people, where both are lifting each other up all the time. Come on. We come in here every Sunday as the church, and what do we do? We lift up Jesus. We lift him up. Jesus, you've been so good to us. You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the only one who can. We lift him up. And here's the deal. We lift him up even when we don't actually understand what he's doing all the time. You know, there are people right now in this church who are actually going through the worst hell you could ever imagine. And they walk in here every Sunday and they lift up Jesus. The bar is heavy, right? Come on, there are days when you come into church and you don't want to raise your hand in worship. You're so sick of how life is going and you wish God would move, you wish God would heal, you wish God would redeem, and you can't. But you come in here and you get encouraged by the people around you, you got some spotters around you, and you lift up Jesus. We lift him up, right? The church lifts up Jesus. And then my God in heaven, Jesus has been lifting you up since the day you were born. Even before you came into existence, he stretched his arms out on the cross to die for you because you were loved, you were chosen, and he wanted to prepare a way for you to be right with God. And then beyond his, his death, every single day of your existence, he's been pursuing you. He is lifting you up. And let me tell you, God knows everything about you. Your bar... It, it can't get heavier. You can't add more weight to your own bar. You are already in a place where it's amazing. It's a miracle that God loves you. And yet he puts himself under and he lifts you up and he lifts you up and he gives you favor and he blesses you when you don't deserve it. And he, this is what he does. And that, that union between God's people and God, between Jesus and his church, where both of them are lifting each other up, right? Jesus said that bond, that union is so strong that the very gates of hell will never be able to stand against it. Can I tell you, if you and your spouse will come together and commit to hupatoso, commit to lifting one another up, no matter how hard it gets, you will have a marriage that the gates of hell will not be able to stand against. You'll have everything you need but it's a reflection of God's love for you and it requires you, it requires you. If you want to build a better marriage, if you want a hupatoso, if you want to commit yourself to lifting up your spouse, you must repent of selfishness and embrace selflessness. It's the only way. You must repent of selfishness and you must embrace selflessness just as Jesus did for us, just as we continue to do for him, you must now do as you build a better marriage. And I want to give you the chance to make that decision today. So would you stand with me to your feet? We do this every Sunday as a time of response between you and God. Last Sunday, we, we did, a, a, did a little bit different this Sunday. I actually want to go back to just doing individual private decisions. I'm going to give you the chance to actually respond to God and say, God, I have been selfish. And I've been viewing relationships, my marriage, about how I can get the most out of it. And instead, I'm going to now repent of that. I'm going to turn away from that. And I'm going to embrace selflessness. I'm going to lift up my spouse no matter what. And some of y'all need to make that decision privately. Right? Your spouse doesn't need to know about it yet. You might not be ready to tell your spouse yet. Maybe this is the, the, the start of a conversation. I want to give you the chance to respond to God in that way for all of us in the room. Right now, whether you're single, married, married for a long time, just getting started, we're all in this together. So would you bow your heads and close your eyes? If you know that 
you've been guilty of looking at your marriage, looking at your relationships, looking at this as in a, from a selfish perspective, doing pull-ups, making this life all about you. And, and you want to confess that to God and repent of that. And you want to turn and start building a better marriage in a different way. You want to commit yourself to selflessness, to, to unending selflessness, putting yourself under the bar and lifting them up. Some of you is going to be with the, 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 the spouse that you're with right now. Some of you is going to be with a future spouse. You're going to walk into marriage with the commitment to lift them up no matter how hard it gets. If that's the decision you want to make today, to repent of your selfishness and to embrace selflessness in your relationships, I want you to raise your hand on the count of three as a private decision between you and God. One, two, three. Beautiful. Hands up all over the room. That's amazing. That's amazing. Let's pray and ask God to do that work inside of us today. Jesus. Jesus. Precious Jesus, thank you that you did not leave us down here to figure it out on our own. But you hoopatosoed, you, you put yourself under. You became a poor carpenter. You were, you were in heaven. You didn't have any, any needs. You were in perfection and you came down to live among us to show us a better way to live. You, you, you humbled yourself. You put yourself under. You washed feet. You stretched your arms out to die on a cross. You humbled yourself. And we're grateful for that, Jesus. We put our trust in that right now, Jesus. We follow that example right now, Jesus. You are the ultimate embodiment of selflessness. So as we make these commitments, we're just saying, we're going to follow you, Jesus. We're going to follow you. So God, right now, I pray for every single person in the room. Every person who's not currently married, heading into a marriage one day, I pray that you would give them selflessness. Help your Holy Spirit to fill them with selflessness. Help them get rid of and die to themselves, die to their pride, die to their selfishness. And God, I pray for every marriage in this room. Let today be the day that we begin to hupatoso, to submit ourselves to one another out of reverence for you, out of all that you've done for us. And God, I pray that it builds better marriages than we've ever seen before. And we trust you with all of this. We put it in your hands. And it's in Jesus' name we pray that we pray together by saying, amen. Thank you so much for joining us for this Peak City message today. If you'd like more information on Peak City Church or if you'd like to give to the mission here in Colorado Springs, then check us out at peakcityco.com.